Welcome to It's All Connected, a Marvel Studios podcast. It's all connected. Everything. Welcome, everyone, to a very special episode of It's All Connected. This is episode 100. We made it. And uh, this is a very special episode. So Matthew and I uh, are here, and we are joined by uh, our legacy co-hosts, Brad Milo and Ken Morgan. What up? Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, guys. It was good. It's nice to meet you guys. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, nice to meet you. <laughs> Actually, this is the first time Matthew and I have been on the show together. Yeah. Yeah, and Ken. And, and, and me, and I'm embarrassed to say that I haven't really been listening since I've not been not been on, but uh, so I, first time I've heard Matthew's voice. Oh, all right. Gotcha. Well, I hope it's suitable. <laughs> it, it is. It's, it's, it's not objectionable at all. Great. No, it's fine. <clears throat> very manly. We can, we can, we can continue. <laughs> it's very manly. Uh so yeah, so we finally hit a hundred episode milestone, uh, and I just thought it would be good to just get every get, kind of get the band back together, if as as you uh, as it were, and uh, and just have us kind of talk. We got a little bit of news that I think we'll knock out ahead of time, and then I thought we'd just kind of jibber jabber uh, about where we're at with the with the MCU. And uh, is Mister T going to be here? Uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, jibber jabber. Sadly, no. Sadly, no. I solicited some Facebook comments, and uh, uh, I, I uh, got quite a few responses. So I th- it'll give us some some good stuff to talk about. Um, but going back, this will go way back. So, Br- Brad, this is a podcast that you and John started. Correct. And the first episode, episode and it wasn't zero, called this. It no, it was called the Shield Podcast, the Shield That's TV right. Podcast. That's right, uh, because. So- the the show was coming on and John and I had previously had been recording um a show about the ill-fated one season only Alcatraz from JJ oh, Abrams which we I both we both loved that show very very much and just to just for grins I'll mention that we actually did get to speak to Jorge Garcia we had a crossover episode with him and his girlfriend at the time had their own podcast and uh the Four of us got on Skype and had a great discussion about Alcatraz. Yeah, that was fun. So we were doing that, and then that ended, and John says, hey, let's do one about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming up. And that that episode went up. So funny enough, September 4th, so almost almost four years, if you can believe it, to the day. September 4th of 2012 was episode zero, wow. uh, which was quite a bit before the show premiered. Yeah, it was um, a few months, wasn't it? Uh, it was, I think it was almost a year. What? Uh, yeah, because it, the, the show premiered, it was 2013, right? No, 14, 15, 16, yeah, 2013, 13, 14. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, because it was announced, you know, pretty close after, after the Avengers, uh, was released. And so it was a lot of build up, and then there was a lot of talk and, uh, yeah, yeah. I remember you guys spent some time, you know, off and on during that year. But every time there was a little bit of news, you jump on it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Because the pilot started filming. I'm looking back through our episode notes. 
January twenty second, twenty thirteen is when the is when the pilot actually uh, when the when the pilot was filming. So so wow. yeah, you guys were about a year ahead of time, and I was Thanks. your first special guest for the point three episode. I remember uh, that. Yeah, and then came back a few times, and then life happened, and things got kind of squiggled around, and. I think Brad, you 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 started working nights, so I kind of filled in for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then it was me and John for a long time, and then Ken, you kind of got the bug back, and you came in, and and it was well. What, most... what happened to me was I was listening to the show, you know, as they came out at after the uh, the TV show aired, and I'm yelling at my MP3 player, my phone, whatever, and saying, "No, you missed this," or "No, you're wrong on that," and it's like, like I got to get in on this. Then you were gracious enough to invite me on, and then I just didn't leave. For a long time. For a long time. Eventually I did. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, it's kind of changed things around. And then John, you know, then it was kind of John and I for a while. And then John got busy. And then and then Doug Herring uh, came on when, when John kind of kind of had to take a take a side note. And then it was, for, for quite a few episodes, it was me, Doug, and Matthew. Uh, and, then, yeah. and then Doug kind of got some sidetrack with some MCU Exchange stuff. And then it was me and Matthew and... Now it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a a round table. Like Matthew and I are kind of staples. We're we're pretty much here for for most of everything. Um, yeah, but, but, but I've missed I missed a few. Yeah, when it, mostly it's just like when we get a chance for like if John's schedule clears up and he's able to get on, um, and it just happens to conflict. Matthew's gracious enough to just say, hey, you know, just go ahead and, uh, you know, go ahead and record since John John is is not on all the time, and then Daryl Taylor fills in now and then too. So yeah. So yeah, it's a nice little rotating group that that we've that we've had going, and uh, uh, during this hiatus, we kind of, you know, during the hiatus, we tep- we typically don't record as often, uh, you know, once a month or, you know, biweekly at the very most, but typically like monthly or every five weeks or so, just because, you know, things slow down. Unless there's a movie coming out, there's no, there's not really much news or anything to to talk about, so. Hopefully, I'll be able to be on a little more often because I have a more steady, more predictable work schedule. Yeah, so that'd be fantastic. And um, I'll try to keep up with with the uh, the program. I got to confess, guys, I recently binge watched the last eight episodes of Agents of Shield in about three days. Nice. So I was way behind this past season. That happens, man. Mm-hmm. Especially your schedule's been a little kind of erratic. Yeah, it's one. It's one of those things. I I find this with a lot of TV shows. I mean, I, I'm on the Walking Dead TV podcast most of the time, but for whatever reason, I just can't get my act together and catch up on Fear the Walking Dead. I, I just like for whatever reason, just can't just can't do it. Uh, well, so there's when a those reason episodes, for that. Yes. Yeah, well, you know, it's not that great. Well, that too. Uh, <laughs> I actually so I, watched the first four episodes and and uh, didn't feel the need to continue yeah so i'm i'm kind of way behind on that so uh, so yeah it's understandable you know it's it's one of those things where you just get behind and you're like ah, i'll just catch up you know and just watch them all and then but it's been good times uh you know this has been a fun fun show to do it's it's something we we enjoy quite a bit these movies the tv shows and stuff like that for you know for the most part we we you know we're critical you know we talk about the good and the bad mostly the good mostly the good <laughs> But we'll get we'll get to some of that later. Uh, I wanted to knock out a little bit of news first because we have a few things to talk about. Uh, there's not much really going on, but I thought we'd hit we'd hit a few few things right off the bat, and then we get into 
just some general discussion. And then I, like I said, I solicited a bunch of Facebook comments and got a pretty good response. So we'll go over that stuff as well. Um, so the first bit, uh, they're really hyping up the Ghost Rider on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which it still baffles me. Like, I really thought, and Daryl and I talked about this uh, before, and Matthew, we did too, that when they kept showing the, the chain on fire and all this other stuff, that it, it was not going to be Ghost Rider. Um, right. Was- and then, sure enough, it was Ghost Rider. <laughs> so it was well, see- Ghost Rider, but they also went out of their way at the end of season three, the last season, with, um, I forget his name, it's been so long, but... You know the the one in human with the fire. He was using a chain and yeah. using a chain the same way. So I remember the when the they yeah, first it was a, came out with that bus. They're like, you know that that guy was basically a loser. Why are they highlighting him? Yeah, and, and of course it was Ghost Rider. I wonder yeah, if they got it, the it idea. Was a weird coincidence. I wonder if they got the idea to put Ghost Rider on because of that Australian dude with the chains. And when they made it, they thought, holy crap, that looks a little too much like Ghost Rider. You know, cause... Yeah, they might have realized that. I mean, I I was actually surprised with the uh, CGI on that one because normally fire it's pretty hard to do, but it looked pretty cool. It looked in the episode, really so good. Maybe, yeah, yeah, they were probably like, "Wait a minute, that looks and, you great." Know, like I said, I <laughs> I just saw the last eight episodes recently, and but before I watched those, I had heard about the uh, Ghost Rider coming on next season, and then this dude with the chains comes out, and I'm like, "Well, is this supposed to be?" A Ghost Rider yet, but we don't know it's gonna be Ghost Rider because it's too. It was too similar. It's very. It's a weird little. It's weird how it kind of came together like that. I think if they had known then that they were gonna do Ghost Rider, they probably would have avoided that. Are you guys okay with this Ghost Rider not being on a motorcycle? It's like, are you okay with it being the newest incarnation from the comics? Oh yeah, I am. I'm fine. I'm I'm not that that married to Ghost Rider anyway, but. I'm I would like. Huge... I would have liked to have seen a motorcycle. You know, I'm among the very few people who enjoyed Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider movies. You know, I just went back and watched that. Just you know, I had it. I've been sitting around. I'm like, yeah, let me watch that. And uh, it's not great. I enjoyed it. Um, the first but, one's better. But you're right. Fire is, is can be hard to do based on that movie. Yeah, I I'm a I'm a huge. I never really was a a Ghost Rider fan anyway until the Robbie Reyes version. So um, hmm. I'm actually super happy when it was announced. I'm a really big fan of that comic and the character. And I, I think the car is pretty awesome. I think his, uh, his looks really cool. So personally, I'm very excited. The art in that book hurts my eyes. I can't look at it. Really? I, yeah. I love it. I wish every comic looked like that. <laughs> yeah. I'd stop I reading comics if they all it. look like that. <laughs> now, what I'm most interested in is what does this mean for the story? How, what direction are they going to go? Now, we already know it's going to be on later. They're going to be able to do a little bit more, some more darker themes. But with mm-hmm. Ghost Rider being essentially a, sp- a spirit, a supernatural character, is this going to be how they at least tie in or re- maybe hopefully even reference? I doubt reference, but th- with Doctor Strange coming in November and, and getting more into that mystical, pure magic kind of realm instead of just the whole... Uh, technology science is magic of thor it could be because it, i don't know if you guys have seen the most recent promo that they put out just within the last few days and it's very it, it's it's a lot of quick cuts and they are completely playing up like the horror aspect of whatever's going on i mean there's there's a lot of like very fearful faces there's a lot of quick cuts there's a lot of you know just the music and the sound effects and everything else 
they're really playing up the fact that this is not Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season one. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good call. Just sort of switch up the the feel of the show a little bit. Yeah. I realize it's not exactly the same, what I'm about to say, but do you think because of the success of Preacher and the you know spirituality of that show that maybe ABC thought, well, maybe we can sneak some of that in here using Ghost Rider. Maybe, but I think... I think that decision was done before that show really kind of caught on. You think so? Yeah, it might be a little too close, but yeah. it, it, it could. I mean, to answer, you know, the question about the magic, I, I'm very curious how they're going to do this because you said Thor, you know, they, they do the whole technology is magic. It, it seems like Dr. Strange is maybe taking that route the way they're talking about it. But even if you sort of, say this is some sort of like crazy quantum physics thing that's going on with all those. I don't know how you do, I don't know how you explain the ghostwriter thing. Cause it's, his isn't simply magic. I mean, there's explicit no. talk of demon possession, you know, yeah, so that's ghostwriter's ghost not magic. Right. So I don't know how I'm, I'm very, very, very curious how Have they're they, going to. Has MCU ABC gone on record saying that. it's, it's magic. No, that's just my speculation. No, no. I think it, 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 just more because it's definitely outside of what it's outside of what Simmons can explain at this point. Uh, right. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's, it's outside of anything that's been in the MCU so far. I think. I mean, not. I think I know. I mean, they, they've definitely never talked about you know literal demons and possession right. and hell and all that. I don't know how you would. I, I'm just curious if they're just going to straight up go for it, or, or I think at this point somehow, but. Why not? I I really what I hope they don't do is just say, oh, he's an inhuman, uh, because I think oh that would I don't be think a they cheat. I think that would be a cheat if they did. Yeah. That would be a huge Though, cheat. I think it betrays the character. Uh, I think it, I think that would be a real it problem. It does. It does. But and, and I don't. Part of me wants to say they wouldn't do that, but I do wonder since this is such a new character in the comics, and because they've yet to introduce, you know the original Ghost Rider idea into the MCU, they they could almost get away with it in a way, because even in the comics, they say that Robbie Reyes, his spirit that possesses him, isn't the same as the one that possesses the other Ghost Riders. Right. He's right. not a, it's, it's a different sort of, I mean, I don't want to like spoil any of the story stuff, but it's just, it's a different sort of thing in the comics than the other ones. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they tried to twist it. And then if we ever saw, um, you know, Johnny Blaze or whatever, that they went for it there. So who who knows? But yeah, I, I hope they don't just say, oh, he's an inhuman because it's too catch all, you know? Yeah, I've, I've seen enough inhumans. I'm, you know, maybe it's because I watched them so, you know, close together and so quickly, but I've had enough inhuman talk. Yeah, I wouldn't. It wouldn't bother me if they pulled back on that. To be honest with you, because I th- I think it's yeah. I, I can't explain it, but it's just it's too much. Well, it sounds like think, they're pulling back on it pretty hard in the movies too. So yeah, I don't think they. I personally think they dropped the ball on the Inhumans. Uh, I th- I think it was a weird choice to introduce them the way they did without first introducing. 
you know, the royal family and, and stuff like that. Yeah. I think now for, for the MCU, if you pull the royal family in, it's just going to, people are going to be like, what does this have to do with the inhumans that I've learned about on S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah. I could see that yeah, working I, if they had a plan, but at this point, I don't know if we're ever going to see an Inhumans movie. Well, and I don't think enough people watch S.H.I.E.L.D. that that would even make a difference, right, to be too, honest. Yeah. The other, that's the other side of that coin. <laughs> yeah, I, I think even the people who go out, I mean, clearly there's far more people go out to see the movies who have never watched S.H.I.E.L.D., so... And one, I think to us it might seem weird, but, you know, and from a financial perspective or whatever, it, it probably wouldn't be that strange. Yeah. But it would look weird to us, people who have followed along with this narrative, but at the same time, they don't seem to really care about the TV side anyway, so yeah. <laughs> they probably wouldn't care. Cool. Well, that's Ghost Rider. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the next bit of news I have is, this is, this is good news. Uh, so Marvel's finally won an Emmy. Uh, Jessica yeah. Jones has won an Emmy for... Uh, best title music, opening title music. That which... Emmy doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't be a negative Nancy. I'm sorry, <laughs> it just it doesn't. Well, it's better than the other ones they have. Yeah, I also they think have. that. Uh, what do you mean? That's like? the one thing I didn't like about Jessica Jones, to be honest. I didn't think <laughs> we talked that about great. that, Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Daredevil, that should. Yeah. That's a killer. That's that's Game of Thrones level uh, intro. Yeah. But but yeah, it's I mean, come on, they the the writing and the the acting on that, I mean, that's what needs to be, and and that's what other people have have awarded them, you know. Yeah, I'm hoping it's just a precursor. I mean, we've seen this with other shows too, where even things like Game of Thrones in the beginning, you know, it was more. Te- it still is a lot of technical awards, but it was a lot more technical, and I don't think they took the acting and and stuff seriously until that show started to get really popular. Uh, so I'm hoping, and, and just, you know, even Netflix in general, right? I mean, you know. Right, I think I mean, that's more of the problem is them sort of maybe yeah. ignoring streaming stuff a bit more. But Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping they start to take these a little more seriously. And, and yeah, this is just a precursor for what's to come. Because I, I think there's some, I think there's some award-worthy performances uh, in front of and behind the camera on these shows that have been neglected. No offense yeah, to any musicians out there. Uh, professional musicians especially but people don't watch a show for the music you know that the story sucks in this the acting's great but holy crap the music gives me goosebumps every you single know episode i in a lot of ways i would say that until i until stranger things came out and um i think that show proved that it, i don't know if you guys have seen it but they they use music in in one of the most masterful ways i mean it really reinforces the themes and i'm not saying music music doesn't do that i'm saying no no no, i know what you mean show can't survive on music alone no i agree but i think that was that was one of the big talking points with the show was was the music that was involved so i mean i agree obviously you need you know other stuff but um yeah that's all unless you're talking about the old sitcom perfect strangers (laughs) <laughs> the the theme song on that makes it all yeah worth it, it was it was amazing and just the you know the music in each episode it really really made you feel like they were perfect strangers mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a, a while inside, since I've seen inside uh, joke with that it's been a while since I've seen Jessica Jones but I can I can't recall the opening credits at all it's just yeah. like a it's a jazzy kind of 
I did noir. think it was like weird as rock, well. It's like a rock jazz thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind just, of weird. My point is, if it was Emmy worthy, I would probably would have remembered more right. than that. It's not like like I'll say one of the other ones that was nominated was the Man in the High Castle opening credits, and I mean that. Those yeah. are ones that if you've seen it, they really stick in your mind. So, yeah. and again, the Daredevil one. I mean, that is you know we obviously that's a very um, unique set of opening credits. So yeah, it was a weird one for it to. For it to win. Actually, yeah. my other problem is I just got off of a Sherlock binge and I can't get that opening credits out of my head right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, next up, so the Infinity War has begun. I don't know if you guys saw, they they brought in Josh Brolin. They're starting to do some uh, some script readings and some test, some, I guess some, maybe some test mocap or something. But yeah, 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 it, it looks, looks like he was sitting all down and everything. And yeah, mo-cap. yeah. Doing Don't the famous that. Thanos sit. Yes, yes. <laughs> Why is this guy purple? He doesn't like to stand. He just sits. Uh, yeah. Too funny. It yeah, would, so, it would be amazing if the entire movie he's just sitting. Yeah, <laughs> You're like, look, he could we're just going with this. We're just leaning right into it. <laughs> we're going to embrace it. Don't uh, just stand yeah, there. So do it, something to them. So we'll see. But it's, yeah, I'm surprised they're. I, I, when they first said he was going to come in and just do some reading, I thought it was just going to be some script stuff. Uh, and for them to actually look at, you know, doing technical tests and stuff, I, I was kind of shocked because I know, like, the principal photography or whatever, I guess, starts in, was it, is it February, March of 2017? Something like that. Yeah. Not, not Which yet. we still don't know. We still don't know what it, uh, what it, uh, they still plan on filming three and four together. We know that three is going to be called Infinity War. We still don't know what four is, um, right? Which is interesting because it, you know if it was originally Infinity War Part One and Two, and now it's it's not. All right, so it's not... it, so they're still going to film together. It's just not going to be called Part One and Two, but I guess they are going to kind of tie together then. Or number four is going to be yeah. called Avengers. Thanos saves Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> Thanos goes to camp. <laughs> <laughs> Thanos rides again. Right. Uh, the way that the Russos have been talking about it is almost like the two movies are more disconnected than connected. Interesting. But, yeah. I don't see how they couldn't be, though. Like, I get the practicality of filming at the same time while they have everyone together. Well, if they're not. But they're they're coming out a year apart. Hey, it worked you know, for Superman 1 and 2. Yeah, but it's weird because they're sandwiching in between. Captain Marvel's going to get sandwiched in between. That's true. And, Maybe they felt that that was too hard to explain to give them to have those yeah. other movies happen in the middle of an ongoing Infinity War. Yeah, I and bet that was we'll the question infin- when they first announced announced the slate. They were like, "Well, so so what's going to happen with those in between?" That is, and, and, yeah, it's and, always and, been and the with big all the shuffling mark. that's gone around too. That whole original announcements all all but the. Everything's changed there. I mean, how many movies have shifted around for the Spider-Man deal and Ant-Man 2? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Ant-Man 2 will come in. And so that's June. No, that's uh, – when is that? So It's in the middle of July two, of 2018. So it's right after part Infinity right. War part, part 1. Russell, lift, list off all the movies that happen in between the two Avengers movies. Uh, Captain Marvel and Ant, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's just two Those of them? Those are the two. Yeah, and because so- they pushed – they pushed up Black Panther, so Black Panther right, it'll be happen before February. I uh, bet, and then I bet uh, in front of those two, Captain Marvel and Ant Man. I bet we see 
a title slate or something that says, you know, this movie takes place before Avengers Infinity War or something like that. Could be. be. that. Would, yeah, maybe. Would, would I'd be, be really su- surprised if they had it take place in between the two. Unless... The Especially s- Ant-Man and Wasp. Well, you know, maybe the the second movie is going to happen a year on down the road after the events of the first movie. I mean, it could, it could be do that. I'm at least stuck in the mindset of this was going to be Avengers infinity war parts one and two. And, uh, you know, it's going to follow right after like, kind of like Halloween one and Halloween two, you know, they happen right after each other or star Trek two and three or three and four. They happen right after each other. Uh, so, I'm still know, not, I'm still not convinced that the way they've been going, that they're actually going to film these two together, and that they may just, just film the one and then, and then rearrange the schedule a little bit and push this one out. But, well, he, I, yeah, I because to me the other question is, they're called two different things, right? The first one's Infinity War. What, what the hell tops that? What do you have after yeah. an Infinity War just a year later? I mean, that's a pretty epic. Uh, that would be Infinity War electric in title. Yeah. right? So it's the only just thing like I think of too is is Infinity just peacetime. Yeah, they're purposely uh, playing coy, and that it really is a two part story. I think it is. I think they're um, just kind of and they're just basically instead of getting inundated constantly for you know how it's going to break or whatever that they're just maybe playing it up a little bit. So. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about, it's not really news, uh, but that's really kind of all the news I had. The, the Infinity War stuff was was it. Um, I got the most recent Marvel Collector Core, uh, which the, the focus was Spider-Man this month, and I was nonplussed, to put it mildly. Um, the Funko Pop collector core stuff is, uh, I have I kind of have an up and down relationship with. Some months it's like there's really cool stuff in there, and then other months I'm like, uh, it's kind of a swing and a miss. And so this one, this one was kind of a swing and a miss. Uh, was there any of that Spider-Man stuff you should send my way then? Um, well, there's a there's a ball cap, uh, which has me. like the the flat brim. It's adjustable, but it's the flat brim mm. ball it won't cap, fit which me. I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a yeah, I'm not a fan of those um the pop was cool it's like spider-man and it has a stand so it's it's almost like he's either you know uh clinging to a wall and has an outstretched hand so that was cool um and it, it comes with the comic obviously you know the marvel stuff is really good about coming with a, a special collector core branded comic uh and then it came with uh the patch was cool you know the the, the they do a patch and a pin and and those were pretty good and then the uh, it came with a large, like Funko's doing these weird things now. They have like the Dorbs, which are like the little tiny, yeah. uh, big head things, and then they have this plush. And they did it for the for the Star Wars side. They they did one for Boba Fett. So this one's Spider Man. So it's like a plush uh, that you can set up, and it it's okay. Uh, so I just kind of put it on my shelf. But I I was just I was just not super impressed. I kind of like it when they do either two pops or uh, or they. You know, or they do something else. But, but on the flip side, I mean, I'm not a fan of the caps. But getting a shirt every other month is getting a little old too. So, uh, so they did something a little different. So we'll see. Doctor Strange is is uh, next month. So oh, September cool. is 
they don't do one in September, so October will be the next one, and it'll be Doctor Strange, which will obviously be tied into the movie. So I'm looking forward to that and see mm. how see what they do with that. Can you get in on that with just one? I might be interested in that. Yeah, you could just yeah, you could just buy one and just not subscribe and just say, hey, I want to just buy this. Yeah, Do- Doctor Strange is is of all the movies, that's probably the one I'm most excited for, at least most excited for in a long time. Uh, I've been interested in Civil War, but it was a culmination of what's, what's become. This is probably the first, I, what I hope, something new out of Marvel. Not that the other stuff I didn't enjoy, I certainly did, but this is going to be as groundbreaking to me as the original Iron Man was. That's my yeah, thought I, or my hope for it. I think they, we, I think that's what they hope for it, too. Yeah. And we've talked about this, too. I, I still think this is their biggest risk to date. I mean, some people yeah, said Guardians. I uh, I didn't. I thought Guardians was a risk, but I didn't think it was a huge risk. I think this is a this is a quite a big risk because yeah. it's I don't it's think it's subject. a risk with Benedict Cumberbatch in it. I don't know. I mean, he doesn't light the box office on yeah, fire. Yeah, he doesn't. His his movies haven't haven't been that big. And I mean, no, he's but, got fan. He's got a dedicated fan base, but it's. I don't think it's a huge fan base. Just a very loud fan base. I, I don't think he's going to be the draw, but I think this can be. Another surprise hit for Marvel. It's if they if they get it right, and honestly, they haven't been been wrong yet. I no, no, absolutely. I bet there's plenty of people that are going to see that movie simply because Benny's in it. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm, oh I'm, I agree. Oh, I, I agree. Yeah. I, yeah, totally, totally. But I I don't know that that'll. I mean, I think that plus Marvel. I mean, there's no way it's. You know, there's no way it's not gonna gonna do well at this point. But yeah, I mean, I think on paper, Guardians. You know, it has enough in common with things like Star Wars and just the general sort of rogues meets space opera thing is, you know, I think that's pretty appealing. But but, you know, this one's sort of hard to pin down because it's not even like a straight magic movie. You know, they yeah, they've really been steering away from that. So it's not even like you're getting some Harry Potter type thing. You know, it's I I think they're they're marketing in an odd way that I, I don't think they've quite like narrowed like narrowed in on what the approach is so i think that unless they they need to start fixing that because i think there's a lot of people out there who probably have no idea what to expect you know it's like a guy in a cape but then it's also maybe inception and it's you know marvel but what you know it's, yeah the inception yeah. thing was a, a weird one but i'm looking at it as more that's not, not so much magic but the mysticism this the the astral plane the spiritual the the explanation of what reality really is um is, is what i'm looking for out of a doctor strange movie and that's what I I'm seeing now. Whether or not it's going to be, I mean, I hope I hope it's not science is magic, and there's actually a, techno- te- a scientific or technological uh, explanation for what they do. I want pure mysticism. And if they do that, and they've been true to the characters by and large so far, I mean, they, we we talked about with, with Thor, but it worked there. Um, but if they're true to the characters, like they were with Guardians, like they were with Ant Man, then I think that they can uh, they can come out with something special. Yeah, I I totally agree. I, I and I I think that's definitely the angle they're going for. I just wonder if the average you know trailer watcher out there is able to pick pick that up from it. You know, yeah. The only and, but well, I, I mean, you know, we'll see. The only thing I'll say is, I think a lot of people were skeptical about. I mean, it's it's almost impossible not to make the Inception comparison, and I think people were felt the same way about Inception, right? Like it was. You're seeing this trailer and there's all this weird stuff and you don't really know what it is. And that movie did way more at the box office than I thought it was even going to do. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a runaway a hit. 
Um, and so for this to evoke that with people and have the Marvel brand on it, right, right, that might be enough to, to push it yeah. over. So yeah, I think it will. I yeah. as long as people I, I don't think... walk out of the theater halfway through. Yeah, yeah, that's what I did. There you go. <laughs> there it is. Inception was the most boring, overrated movie I've seen in the last decade. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I too enjoyed it. Uh, so let's uh, let's be a little self indulgent here for just a little bit before we get into Facebook comments. So weren't we? We've been doing this now. Like I said, we we kind of went back to the well, and it's been a little four years and change. A very little change. Um. But what do you think? I mean, what are some highlights of the podcast? Like, what have been some favorite things that we've that we've done? You know, talked about, covered, you know, dealt with. I mean, I'll start. You know, Brad, uh, Brad. I'll start with you, Brad. I mean, you're you you and John founded this thing. It's it was your baby. That's a hard question because you know I haven't been on it lately. Um, you know, at the risk of sounding cheesy. Talking to John uh, about anything is really, really fun for me because there's something about John as a person that I really connect with. And so anything that we talked, whenever I was on an episode, like with when it was just me and John, that was the highlight of my day. So it wasn't anything, you know, a specific topic that we covered or a specific movie or show. It was just whenever I had the opportunity to be one-on-one with John, there was some kind of, it's hard to explain. There was, there was some, something that was fun about it in a way that I enjoy talking to you guys, but there was something fun about it with a way, in a way with John, me and one-on-one that I haven't experienced with anybody else. And, you know, that's about as self-indulgent a comment as I can think of at this point. But, uh, no, it's, and, that's, and I mean no. no disrespect to anybody else that I've ever podcasted none taken. with. No, none taken at all. I could, I, Dude, I totally I'm see sitting that. right here. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> what that's about you, Ken? To, it's a lot to live up to. What about me? Um, there's lots of little things I can go to or some big things, you know, just uh, basically BSing with you guys about the show and what we thought of it and, you know, making our predictions and being wrong or being right. But if you want to, like, get down to a moment, it was between seasons one and two when uh, there was a little Twitter exchange between the uh, Marvel guys while they're at San Diego Comic-Con, I think it was, or maybe it was another event, uh, and uh, Talbot Stash. Yes, and Talbot Stash is coming out with all these one-liners. He's hitting a hitter, and they're responding. They're reading it on their on their live stream and all that. And then when we rolled into season two, and then we had uh, the combination of uh, Talbot Stash and Skybangs uh, having a good old time on Twitter. So we had we had a yeah. ball with that. So so that, that one always uh, makes me smile when I think about the uh, the response we got on Twitter. Yeah, Talbot Stash uh, trolling. Uh, Ryan Panagos on live <laughs> webcam was awesome. Uh, that was that was great. Um, so Matthew, you're a relative newcomer. What I mean, what's yeah. what's some what what are your thoughts? What do you what do you got to, to say? Um, well, you know, I think personally, what's been really cool is, you know, before I joined, I think maybe it was back in October, November. Um, 
I listened to the podcast. I mean, I, I found out about it through MCU Exchange, actually. And I would listen every week. I was usually at the gym and, I, you know, just listening to it was you and John talk about stuff. And, and like uh, I think Ken said earlier, you know, I, I wanted to jump in on the conversation and say, you know, say different things. And and then when I eventually got to be on it, it was sort of a fun, surreal experience to, uh, you know, be part of the conversation. And and just doing that, I mean, I have I have like one friend that we geek out over all this stuff, you know, all this minutia and every bit of news and, and I was always really into it. So now to have, uh, you know, a productive, dedicated means of doing that is, is a lot of fun. Just being able to, to get into it, you know, speculate. And, and I think, you know, you and I, uh, have been able to tackle, I think some really interesting stuff, you know, talking about, you know, different, whatever, you know, whatever they are, controversies or different things. I, I feel like we've been able to to get critical about some of the stuff and and i really enjoy doing that so yeah 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 i just uh getting in you know being equally nerdy and equally you know critical of of some cool pop culture is those are the highlights for me for me i mean you know everything you guys are saying for sure um but two of the biggest Two of the most fun episodes I think we had were the connections episodes, and they're probably two of the most downloaded episodes of the podcast in general. And that's, you know, where we rewatched phase one and we broke down everything. I mean, we looked at, you know, we watched them in detail. We took notes. We, you know, rewind, fast forward, paused, looked at, you know, screens in the background and uh, and did all kinds of stuff. And it was it was after the Blu-ray release. I think that I think I guess it was after. Um. I guess it was after after Avengers uh, was released on on Blu-ray that that we we talked about that, but we broke down or we we broke down the entire Phase One and uh, and that was a lot of that was a lot of fun. Uh, it, it was interesting to kind of watch these episodes in in such critical detail or, or not episodes these movies in in such critical detail, uh, and then just kind of geek out for two hours at a crack on you know, three movies at a, at a time and just, just break it all down. So, you know, the other thing I want to add, if I can real quick, and this goes, this predates the, it's all connected show. And I don't think we've done any more since Iron Man three, but just sitting down and watching these movies with some of you guys and doing our commentary tracks. But basically we got to watch the movie together and, yeah. and talk through the whole yeah. thing. Uh, yeah. But we had, we had a ball with those. Uh, you know, I think we did, all of Phase One and what Iron Man Three, and that's probably where we kind of crashed out, or at least where I think I jumped. We did out. the Dark World. Yeah, we did the Dark okay. World. It was Guardians was the, supposed to be the next one, and that we just haven't gotten back to. Oh, okay. It. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, it'd be fun. That that that's one of the things I always have like in my back pocket when I'm looking for stuff to you know to do is that's that's one of the ones that uh, that I'd like to go back to is go back and do commentary tracks for uh, for the ones that that we you know to catch up basically so maybe uh maybe during the next hiatus maybe we'll we'll pull that old chestnut out yeah that'd be fun not to jump ahead so but during the hiatus yeah we're not gonna have anything to watch are we because like last two seasons we had an uh asian carter to fill the gap we're not gonna have anything this time are we well what about Uh, um what about luke cage or whatever yeah, so we've been talking about that, uh, and just kind of like what we did with uh, 
with Jessica Jones and even with Daredevil, we, we always struggle with how are we going to cover those? Um, because doing them one at a time uh, would be tedious and take too long. And then, you know, we don't want to rush it either. But, you know, like Jessica Jones, I think, was good because it kind of fit into like a three or Daredevil season two, rather. It kind of fit into a really good three act structure. So we broke it down that way. Yeah. So we're hoping it, it's kind of one of those things like until we see it, we're not really sure how we're going to do it. Uh, yeah. You know, so once we watch Luke Cage, we'll figure out like, hey, does it make better sense to do two, two at a time or uh, you know, can we just split this into two pieces? Does it need to be three pieces? You know, how does it how does it need to flow? Are you talking about the hiatus during the two halves of the season, or are you talking about like next summer? I was talking about during the two uh, halves. Both, yeah, both, both. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, because we could he, always he, hang on to Luke Cage and do it, you know, during the holidays. Yeah, we thought. Yeah, I think that's another thing is once we know maybe what the schedule is going to be for. Uh, for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because, you know, are they going to just trickle in, you know, we'll be off for two weeks, then back a week, then off for a week, then back for a week, and then off for three weeks, and then back, you know, like they did for seasons one and, you know, for season one, um, or are they going to, you know, how are they going to, how are they going to manage that break? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so right now, it uh we're not we're not really sure so i mean they may still do uh, it the same way and just have a different mid-season show you know break show it just wouldn't be in a marvel event right yeah, yeah that's true that's, that's probably likely we'll for sure we'll be covering at least the first two episodes right away because we just want to be timely with with some of that um but then from there how we do it uh will depend we kind of did that with daredevil season one we we did it like we covered the first two hours and then and then broke and then kind of with daredevil season one we broke it down by characters so we kind of just talked about each of the characters uh and their arcs and not really the show uh and so we we're crazy about that so when we did jessica jones we broke it down into segments and then we did the same thing with daredevil so mm-hmm. um so again we'll just have to we'll just have to, have to kind of see how it goes and speaking of the connection stuff so i've been rewatching the phase two movies and so i've got uh, the first three uh, that I've rewatched, I rewatched Iron Man three. I rewatched Thor: The Dark World, and I rewatched uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier, and got my notes together. Uh, so we'll be doing at least that one. Uh, I'm going to be on vacation uh, the week after Shield comes back, oh, so, so I think I'll, we may. Record. Yeah, <laughs> so I think we're going to try and squeak that one in, and then release it on the week that I'm out. Because usually, once Shield comes back, we tend to be weekly or pretty close to weekly. Uh, so we may try and squeak that in and then, and then release it, uh, during the, the, you know, the opposite week, uh, and then, and then cover two episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then probably the first couple of episodes, uh, hours of, of, uh, Luke Cage, uh, the week after. So we'll see. And then, and then sometime after that, we'll squeak in the, uh, connections part two, maybe during the first time they have a week off, we, we may just put that one in the can and release it then. So, so we'll see. Can I confess some to you guys? Please. Actually, I'll do it this way. Can you guys guess which two of the Marvel movies? Actually, now that I think about it, it's three. Which three of the Marvel movies I've only seen one time each? Uh, Thor the Dark World. Yes. Incredible Thor. Hulk. No, actually, I've seen that more than once. Unexplainably, yeah, I've seen it more than once. <laughs> Uh, I would say Captain America: The First Avenger. 
No, I like that one enough to watch it repeatedly. Huh. Uh, Age of Ultron? No, I've seen it more than once. Hmm. Um, I see. So both Thor movies. So what's so this, so there's another one. Did we do we say both both Thor movies? No, I did. Just the Dark World, right? The Dark World I've only seen once. I've only seen Ant Man once. I was gonna say Ant Man. I was gonna say Iron Man three. Wow. Was my third guess. Iron Man three I've only seen once. Okay. Well, I'm surprised with Ant Man because you're you're you like the comedy. I do, but I don't have the Blu-ray. Oh man. Sorry, I just don't. I like all three of those movies a lot, actually. Huh. But I just don't have the Blu-rays. So we'll have to, we'll have to find a way to remedy that situation. You know, <laughs> as we get closer to Doctor Strange, keep an eye on Best Buy. They might have a a a, a deal on something with a movie ticket and all that. When is uh, when is Netflix going to start showing all the Disney Marvel stuff? Uh, well, they're doing Civil War. Is it on now? Is Civil War on? I think it's supposed no, to come out next it, week. It just comes it? out in blue. I think it was movies. It was starting in 2016, so Civil War is not part of that deal. It's oh, uh, the first one that'll be. Damn. Oh, no. Tw- 20... This is 2016. Mm. I thought Civil War I, would be the first one in that deal. I thought it was going to as well. I, but I, I thought it was going to be on Netflix along with the digital release, which would have been last week or the second. Maybe it's, it's definitely no. not on there yet. Maybe or or in some way be before the DVD release, but that's Tuesday as we record this. Yeah, they don't get it. I'm gonna Google it really Netflix quick. Will, Netflix will get it. Like, yeah, I got a. Uh, I got Vanity like Fair. And, Vanity Fair in May said that Civil War and Jungle Book and and more Disney movies are coming to Netflix in yeah. September. So I think they just added some a bunch of other Disney stuff recently. But I thought when yeah the deal I thought when they got the, the deal, deal started with, in thought, 2016. Sorry, it, it was movies released in 2016. So it's instead of whatever the normal pay window is. So it, instead of it going to HBO or Stars, because not right now their deals with Stars. Mm-hmm. So instead of it going to Stars, it would go to Netflix. So what is that? Like six months after release, typically. Yeah. It goes to pay TV. Now, separate from all this, though, I thought they all Netflix made a separate another deal with Disney just to get the whole Disney catalog starting in September. Wouldn't that That's include these as well, or no? Or is that for the uh, all the? It depend. It it depends on when they were released because uh, because Stars has the deal with Disney for movies released through 2015. So if something released in 2015. I, I guess it depends on what movies are a part, what first run deals are a part of the stars deal. And then once their window, the stars window closes, then that window would open up for Netflix. I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm not even thinking about the, the first run stuff. I'm talking about with the other Disney deal that said they're going to get everything. Right. Well, I guess in anything before the really phase one stuff isn't really Disney's to distribute, right? Uh, no, they bought distribution on all so that stuff. So are we going to see the sure. whole catalog of the MCU movies make it to Netflix eventually? I I think we will, but I think I think they will I don't think it's all going to get dumped on there at once. I think Disney and I think they're going to do like rolling releases where you'll see I think you're going to see stuff come and go. Hey, listen. Um, I found an article that says uh audiences will still be able to stream previous Disney umbrella releases but moving forward all future releases from captain america civil war onward will only be able to be viewed on netflix right 
Well, what does that only mean compared to Netflix versus what? I guess like Amazon and Amazon Prime or Stars or HBO, Showtime, right? Okay, so because Civil War is on Vudu right now. Right. It does no. It doesn't preclude rental or purchase. Right. 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 Yeah. It just means like like in the past, you know, a movie would you know like Fox or or whatever would get the rights to to premiere a movie on TV. So. Unless I'm mistaken, I think that's what the Netflix deal is. Like no one, ba- yeah, basically no one else Netflix can show is a replacement. This movie, All right. uh, yeah, for, Netflix with, is a replacement for HBO, HBO Showtime. Showtime Hulu, Just think of all it that. that way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, ev- everything. Yeah, but no, you can fa- still buy it and rent it from anybody. It's just yes, you won't be able to. You know, obviously, it's not free. You're paying for the subscription. You know, right. but instead of it being on cable or or whatever, yeah, it'll just be Netflix. So. I mean, like right now, I think September stars is getting Star Wars: The Force Awakens. So that was the last movie I think that that they have as as part of that deal. So Good. like next, so when Rogue One would come to stars, it's actually just going to go to Netflix, right? So like I said, I think it's like six months is usually that window six to six to eight months or something like that. So yeah, is there any timing along with the the home release though, or no? It's that's a separate distribution thing. That's totally separate, okay. yeah. Yeah. So you'll still have theatrical, home slash rental slash purchase, and then your and and the, or you know, physical copy slash rental slash purchase uh, online, and then the pay TV window yeah. is what I'll call it. So your typical HBO showtime kind of Right. Okay. Scenario. You know, but honestly with the with the way the, the the digital rentals are now with like Voodoo and things like that, why do I even want to bother with Netflix well HBO if I don't already have it, but three bucks, I can watch it on demand on my TV right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Civil War Blu-ray is not even out yet, right? Tuesday. Okay, so, okay, then like you said, it'll be a few months yet before it hits Netflix. Yeah, so probably my guess is probably like like November, December, if I had to guess. But then you've got like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3 hit Netflix, you know, earlier in the summer. Um, they do yes. like to the well this year at least the Flash and uh, Arrow and all those will show up the day I think it's the day the or that week the uh, next season starts airing but that's a whole separate deal for next year but that's a whole of the podcast talk they'll about start that. I think within a week after the final episode airing yeah, that's what that's what that's going to be on Netflix I know what I'm yeah, doing Tuesday night yeah me too I'm watching the best <laughs> Spider-Man movie ever made is what well, I'm I've, doing I've already seen that three times since it's been on Voodoo on the uh, on the second oh you bought you bought the digital yeah okay sure yeah the Steelbook's coming out Tuesday so John and I are all over the Steelbook you know I so. think I still have a second Steelbook of uh, Winter Soldier or no of uh, of uh, Guardians oh, no Ultron I bought oh. two huh. I bought two one for the show I don't think we ever did anything with it no Speaking of which, I'm going to I'll announce this while we're before we transition into something else. I have an extra collector core box for Civil War that I am going to uh, announce a contest for. There's the an show. announcement for episode 100. Yeah. I haven't figured it out yet. I think it'll tie into the connections episode, so stay tuned. Um, but it'll be a good one. So yeah, I've got an extra I've got a full extra box that I was shipped to uh, I only paid for one, but I was shipped to. It was a Anyway, it was a it was a whole mess. Um, so I will uh, I'll do that. But you're right. That'll you're right, fun. Brad. That's um, uh, the best Spider-Man movie to date. 
It is. It's absolutely the best Spider-Man movie that ever made. I mean, Spider-Man 2 was pretty damn good. Hey, Sp- there was Spider-Man 2 was called the best superhero movie of its time. It still holds up as a great movie. Granted, standards have changed. Movies have changed since then. Yes. I love Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, me too. But this Spider-Man yeah, I like those first two in, this, in Civil War, oh my gosh. I agree. My, he's the he's the Spider-Man that I've wanted to be in a movie. <laughs> I saw this movie with my kids, um, both of them, my 17 and 21-year-old daughters. And uh, as soon as Spider-Man came on, I could see out of the corner of my eyes, my peripheral vision. They both turned at me at the same to look at me at the same time. Like, oh my gosh, he's here, <laughs> Daddy. Can you believe it? You know, it's pretty awesome. Let me pinch myself. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Hey, I remember, Russ, uh, when they announced, you know, that he would be in uh, in a, a Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe movie that you and John were doing a show, uh, and you guys called me at work, and I took a few minutes out of my time when I should yeah. not have. I got, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yes. I got spoken to about uh, disappearing for a while yeah. uh, at work. That was the worst job I ever had. We won't go into that. But, um, yeah, I still remember talking to you guys about that and uh, being real excited and having goosebumps and all that. That was a good memory. Yeah. yeah. The greatest – I will say this, though. The greatest Marvel Cinematic Universe-related moment had nothing to do with this podcast. Uh, but when John, me – Jim, Jordan, and uh, and my buddy Glenn, we went to Comic Con in 2011, and we pretty much got in to I would say like fifth row of the Marvel panel when they when they had right before. So this is October before the Avengers came out in the theater, and so they had a clip that they showed, which was the the little girl uh, going to get Bruce Banner and him and uh, Scarlet Witch kind of facing off with each other. And then the whole cast was out there and they did interviews and all that. And we got to video it in the whole nine yards. And, and that was that was a really cool moment. Um, I was thinking about that as one of my best memories. But I remember that was outside of this show because it was for Avengers, obviously, which was predated this show. Yeah, yeah. And that was just, that that was just was... as a spectator because obviously I wasn't there. Glenn was my stand-in. Yeah, Glenn was your st- Yes, yes. Playing the part of Ken Morgan was Glenn. Uh, but that was great. I mean, that was just a really great time. We lucked into getting these uh, these wristbands that let us get right up front, and we kind of we kind of had Those to wristbands let you get everywhere. Cool. We got everywhere. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, and we had to dodge and be vague when asked very pointed questions about where they, who we were, where they came from, who gave them to us, that kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, that was that was great because they were intended for basically studio insiders <laughs> and uh, high profile guests. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so that was that was great. I just pre ordered Civil War Blu Ray, 3D Blu Ray on uh, Amazon. Nice. Best Buy has the steel book. I don't need steel books. Oh man, it's, I have a couple. Uh, I still don't see it's the five dollars uh, more than what I just spent. John and I are just freaks about the steel book. Anyway, as long as I get the digital uh, copy so, Blu-ray, I'm good. And this one, yeah. this I got the 3D because you never know. But um, that that has only... always been my my thought. I'm 3Ds. I'll get it because I never know. But you know what? I'm shopping for TVs now. I can't even find one anymore. And you can't. And the four 3D is not in the 4K spec. Period. Yeah. I um, dated a girl that had I have a, a 3D 3D TV, and I watched a few uh, movies. 
uh, on that with her. It's pretty awesome. I I prefer it. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but I prefer 3D in the home as opposed to 3D in the theater, um, uh, except for very few circumstances where uh, it's just either film natively that way or the theater itself does a really good job of per, of they understand how to project 3D and do it well. Um, but you can turn the brightness up on your TV to compensate for the glasses and stuff at home, which you can't really do in the theater. Um, but I watched it when I was watching uh, Winter Soldier last night. I watched the 3D version, and uh, and it, it's really good. They re- do a really good job with the, you know depth of field and and stuff like that. It's uh, it it really works well. But uh, but that's me. Um, so do you guys want to do some Facebook comments? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll wrap it up. We'll close it up with that. Um, so yeah, so I went to on the Facebook group. I put a call out to say, hey, we're recording episode 100, and if anybody had any comments. And uh, so we'll we'll start with the first one. Uh, so Stephen Hall asked us, "Could you discuss how you imagine the MCU will look like by the time you get to episode two hundred? Just for fun." So it's taken us four years to get to episode one hundred. Uh, I don't think it'll take us that long to get to two hundred, just because in the beginning we would go months sometimes without an episode when it was just all uh, talk and discussion and stuff. But uh, so I don't know, like three years from now, like I, I guess we're talking, we're looking at like phase four, uh, you know, that time frame. What do you, uh, right, like twenty nineteen, twenty twenty? Yeah, would Matthew, I'll start. I'll start with you. What do you think? What do you think the MCU looks like by uh, in in the in the not so distant future of twenty nineteen? Yeah, well, I mean, it's you know because we have all these release schedules, it's not even that uh, crazy of a question. I mean, obviously, we know what movies are likely to be out, and we can assume there's you know, maybe a couple sequels crammed in there that we don't yet know about. Um, I think the TV is what's going to be more interesting because that, you know, with that, anything could happen. I mean, we never knew. It's only been a few months since we've known Ghost Rider was all of a sudden going to be in the MCU. Um, you know, the the Punisher popped up as an extra show in the Netflix list of things. And we've also heard, you know, potentials for damage control and you know, all these other things, uh, Runaways and Cloak and Dagger have come out of nowhere. So I would have to imagine in the next three years, we're going to, I think we're going to see a lot more stuff pop up on TV, either characters showing up on these shows or getting entire shows to themselves across, you know, I mean, now that Hulu's in play, you know, who knows, we could, we could see an HBO thing. We could, you know, there's all sorts of possibilities. So I don't know that I have anything specific that I can think of, but um, I definitely think we're going to, you know, a lot of these characters we've heard kicked around for a long time, like, you know, Moon Knight and uh, other people like that. It it just seems inevitable. I mean, almost every name we've ever heard or was speculated on seems like they're getting either a TV show or they're going to be on a TV show or be in a movie. Um, So, yeah, I I don't see any reason why we're not going to start seeing a you know, Miss. You know, I think Miss Marvel, Moon Knight. Um, I definitely think we'll probably see a TV show of of those two characters uh, in the next few years, and and then a bunch of stuff that, to be honest, I don't even know. I think it'll kind of surprise us. I'd still really like to see Damage Control be a TV show. So, yeah. Brad, what about you? I have no idea what it's gonna possibly be like but i would say that i would kill for a moon knight television show 
I love Moon Knight, always have. I'll fight anybody who compares him to Batman. <laughs> I, I think I think that would fit perfectly in the Netflix world. Yeah, I, yeah. Just the nature of that character. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Batman's and not crazy, and Mark Spector is insane. Yes. And that's one they could do outside of New York. Like, I think sometimes, exactly, yes. you know, just because of, you know, these other shows are produced and in, in shot and filmed in New York, which you can only do so much of that. And I think having something like that would open it up to be done, you know, someplace else, maybe Vancouver or, uh, or you know, or out in L.A. or, you know, even like Atlanta or something like that where they could do it a little, you know, on the cheap. Mr. Morgan? Well, the easy thing for me to say would be Bucky Cap, but I think that's I think <laughs> that's going to happen uh, by then. Uh, what I think is a little bit more out on, the, out on the limb, maybe not really, by three years, that Fox and uh, Marvel will make the same deal, a similar deal to what they made with Sony, and we'll get the family back together again, uh, get a good, proper Fantastic Four reboot going on, Good or bad, would, I mean, the X-Men have been inconsistent, but overall solid, in my opinion. Uh, but they would probably be rebooted as well, which is probably also a good thing, because as great as Hugh Jackman is, uh, other than finishing up with Old Man Logan, he's getting to be Old Man Logan. So uh, it would be about time for uh, for that. So that, that's that's my big one, is I think we'll finally see, uh, the, get, the, get everybody back together and get the Fox deal to happen. Yeah, I think... If it wasn't for Deadpool, I would say that I think Fox might negotiate everything back. But I think uh, it, they're kind of in a weird spot, Fox is, because Deadpool was, like, ridiculous uh, as far as a box office critical acclaim everything. Um, and then X-Men Apocalypse, like, vastly underperformed, you know, especially when compared to Age of Apocalypse. I think it underperformed at at the box office and it perform underperformed uh critically. I, I, I mean I like think it, it just it, performed exactly as I expected it would. Really? Yeah. Nothing about that appealed wow. to me and then that's I mean granted I'm not an ex guy like you are, but everything I saw about yeah. this I'm like this is just talk about being true to the characters. I didn't think that was it. No no I agree. I I think it was just kind of there. Um but I think with the Fantastic Four, the situation is much more dire. And I think for Fox to hold on to that and try and do something with it, I think is just foolish. I think from Fox's perspective, that property is just damaged goods. Yep. And so I think, yeah. you know, I, I think in order for them to have some sort of stake, I, I can easily see them pulling a Sony and, uh, and that's deal, what I'm especially saying. Especially with Sony, they keep, they keep yeah. a hand in the pot. They get to yeah. keep the money, if money flowing. Yep, and the fans, and we get the movies that we so desperately deserve. Yeah, if Spider Man performs like we are pretty certain it's going to, then I think somebody at Fox says, "Yeah, yeah I think they're dumb not." I think to they're do sitting this. and waiting, maybe. And uh, yeah, it, hedging their bet. If Spider Man's big, then then I think they'll see the dollar signs. I though I still contend that even if even if tomorrow Marvel got the rights to Fantastic Four back. I still think it'd be like four or five years minimum before we even saw some movie like that. Um, I'm just not yeah, convinced the, that Marvel, even if they had the rights right now, cares to make a Fantastic Four movie. Um, 
I just think they've got so much else on their plate and it, it just, and it's such a, it's not just a tainted property for Fox, you know, I mean, it's, most people don't know the difference between Fox and Marvel, you oh, know what true. I mean? Like, you, and you can't have so a conversation. It's, it's a tainted true. property to the movie going audience. So I think yeah. they'd really want to sit on that for a minute, you know. There's there's two sides of that. One, you're right. I can't have a conversation with the average moviegoer about Marvel movies without them going to the old, you know, the old Spider-Man's or the Fantastic Four. Like, no, no, no. I'm talking about the MCU, the Marvel, and they don't understand the difference. And that's fine. Right. But their right. side of that is, I, I think Marvel has an opportunity if they can get the Fantastic Four back. If only because what's the next big thing after Infinity War that we, you know, the answer to that question is the Illuminati, and we're almost there. Once we add the Fantastic Four, we got to figure out the Inhumans piece of it, but we're just about there. We've got Doctor Strange coming in. We've already got Iron Man and Cap. Uh, we need Inhumans, and we need Fantastic Four, and we're there. Uh, Namor, we can figure him out, too. Well, and Xavier. Well, yeah, Xavier. And he comes with the Fox deal, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess it all just matters what the Fox deal is, because it's more likely that they would do some sort of rights with Fantastic Four and just hang on to Deadpool and X-Men and all that. That's what they I don't, depends they on how don't, it's written. They're doing fine with that, you know? I mean, they... Yeah. It, no, maybe they're, the they're doing fine do... with Deadpool. They're doing okay with X-Men at this point. Sure, right. But, I mean, I don't know that... I just wonder if they're... I don't want to say desperate enough, but, you know, I just... They might not think it's... Um, really in their best interest and you know they're trying to do spinoffs and other things with the x-men so i i think maybe for them that experiment isn't isn't finished yet um so they you know who knows um i, I think the fantastic four one obviously is going to be the most tempting you know to them D- yeah. deadpool's a perfect example the, if you do the character justice do the character right you're going to have a hit not that yeah okay, now Batman's got to break the fourth wall because it worked in Deadpool. It, no, they, that's what Deadpool is. And and you're right, if, if Deadpool wasn't the runaway hit that it was, we'd be, it'd be more much more likely and ready to have a deal. Um, yeah. But but he's a, it's a perfect example of let the, the guys who understand the character make the, make the movie, period. Don't, yeah. don't get, yeah. let him go. And Marvel's proven that with 13 movies so far. Yeah, they have. Yeah. I mean, it's... I, I think the reason Deadpool worked is because they treated it more like, um, you know, Guardians even, and let it just be its own thing, you know? I wouldn't um, even say they treat like Guardians. They treat it like Deadpool. They let it be no, 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 a I Deadpool mean, movie. What I mean by that is I think Guardians, out of all the Marvel movies, has had the least Marvel micromanaging. It, they let it, even within, even though Marvel is very good about that, I think they still feel the need for everything to be connected somewhat, and obviously Guardians was, but... I think they kind of let James Gunn like I, I feel like he got more control than normal. Well, I, I think that's a lot of his own vision. But. Yeah, that's a lot of perspective on the director's part and their feedback and understanding of what the goal of these Marvel movies are. And there's a lot of people who go to these movies that don't get that. They're yes, they are meant to be connected. Yes, they're telling a bigger story. And as I, I think the I think the biggest thing with Marvel when they go to any of these movies and Guardians is a good example of that. It's like we need these couple plot points to be established or moved along. Everything else go do. Some other movies like Iron Man 2 or even the Avengers don't have as much leeway because that's the culmination or has a bigger stake in that overall vision. Right. You know, Ant-Man, yeah. Yeah. that just picked up some elements from around the MCU but was pretty well self-contained. I'm actually surprised yeah. by how much uh, controversy was going on over that over that one with Edgar Wright. But maybe on that one they just – even any any control was like – 
no, no, it's got to fit in this little box, but you can do anything you want in that box. Yeah, and I mean, they've obviously had problems with other directors. I mean, Patty Jenkins left, you know, Thor of the Dark World, and, um, you know, I mean, it's not... It's not like it's perfect. There's been some behind-the-scenes stuff. But, you know, I think with Deadpool is they just, you know, it had a smaller budget. I think there was less. They put less pressure on it. They micromanaged it less. And I think that's a problem. Like, Fox has always been their own worst enemy. Mm -hmm. You know, they they always get in the way of these movies, you know, being as good as they could be by... I don't know what they're trying to do because clearly the Marvel formula makes money. So it's weird that they... (laughs) think that by meddling it'll it'll make them more money but you know who knows i mean you never know we could see deadpool 2 be terrible because maybe they decide to stick their nose in it too much definitely a risk yeah now that it's now that they're paying attention to it as a movie that might just be fox's mo is they just i don't know so i i'm curious to see how deadpool 2 turns out because i'm worried that they're gonna they're gonna overthink it too much in a way yeah. You know, um, but, you know, because Suicide Squad's another example of, of the sort of Guardians, Deadpool, you know, this quirky character, you know, and they, and they, I think they really, you know, blew it by trying to do too, you know, they didn't let it be its own thing like like Fox did with Deadpool. So, I mean, I think that's the flip, you know, the counter example to that. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Next question. So Daryl Taylor asked us, do you think Marvel should stop doing shows on ABC with the loss of viewership that we've had with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I'll go first on this one. I think they need to rethink. I don't think they should stop doing shows on ABC. I think that they need to rethink their take on what they want the TV shows to be. I think, you know... Agents of Shield's greatest. We've talked about this many times. Agents of Shield's greatest asset is its greatest liability. You know, it's so it was started to be so intertwined in what we've seen in the movies that it can't be as as intertwined as people want it to be. Because you know, for one, it's TV versus movie. For two, the movie production schedules are you know these these scripts are written at least two years in advance. Uh, the TV scripts are not. Um, and, you know, trying to make sure that things mesh and coordinate the way they do, uh, is, is very difficult. And I think maybe we just need to, if ABC wants to do shows, I think maybe they need to look at like the Netflix model and maybe just build their own little thing or do something that is not where people don't think it's, uh, is tied as close as it should be. There's been some talk around that kind of idea that, well, maybe, I think Jeff Loeb might have said something something that kind of kicked us off that that the TV shows aren't as or aren't as contested as, you, as we thought they were or even if it might be its whole separate universe at this point it's it's, it's kind yeah of he gray. tried to dial it back he really did yeah definitely not like it was in season one and and I'm okay with that let it be its own thing you're right they're never a movie's never going to uh, run with a plot line from the show all the show can do is do what they've been doing you know learn know know what's coming from the movies build their show to kind of get a hook in there and just have a reference point um one of my uh a recent example is actually out of civil war i'm, I'm re-watching it again and the very very first scene when they're going that flashback with uh with bucky and they do the programming and his first response is i'm ready to comply and i'm right back into season two of shield when that was the phrase when they were brainwashing all the shield agents in hydra 
So I'm like, which which one picked up which? Did they know enough about the Civil War script to be able to use that line? Or is it just a coincidence? I, I don't want to think it's that. Or did the, the movie guys pick up on that line? Yeah, I, I mean, it's tough. I, I want to say that that's, um, that was intentional, but I, I think the whole brainwashing and then the phrase comply, I just... I feel like that's common enough that maybe that was a coincidence. But, I I mean, the, I the, the way it was want, used just seemed to fit. They yeah, fit together I, very well. I want it to be. I mean, I'm I'm the first in line to say that I want even little references in the movies um, about the shows. But um, as far as the um, you know the question, I I don't think they're ever you know ABC is Disney's channel, so I mean there's always going to be some sort of Marvel presence. I mean it makes sense. I I think it's just. Like you guys are saying, they just need to, um, they need to figure out a better fit or just, you know, I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think we talked about this last week, it's just, you know, it's just too late to really ever correct that. So, I mean, it could easily be remedied by just a new show that just fits better or is marketed better or whatever it is. I, I personally think something like Damage Control is actually a great fit for how they could make a Marvel show work on ABC, but I, I think anything could work and I... I definitely don't think they're going to give up. They got a major network. You know, they're going to put something Marvel on there. I mean, it just makes sense, especially as they're creating more and more content. I mean, they need to take advantage of every network they can use. So I, I can't ever, I can't imagine there never, there being a time where for very long, there isn't a Marvel, at least one Marvel show on ABC. Yeah. Brian, do you have any, any thoughts? Well, I can see it both ways. First off, I'm surprised that Marvel's putting a TV show on a network that's not ABC. And I'm not talking about Netflix. I'm talking about, what, is it Fox or FX? That um, Hulu. Hulu. No, Legion. Uh, but that's a Fox deal. That's not a, that's not a Marvel deal. Yeah, but it's... Marvel has to, Marvel has to agree to it, but it's a Fox-produced okay. show. So okay, so well, that's, Mar- Fox Marvel, has the right. I think Marvel TV is co-producing it, but it won't be MCU related, right? But okay. Jeff Loeb, yeah. I think, is involved as a you know executive producer. Yeah, at least. no, absolutely. Yeah, they, they that is correct. For the TV, Marvel is involved in in pretty much everything. Well, but, still, I mean, yeah, it is not I'm, a MCU. I'm show. surprised that Marvel's allowing. You know that they, they could say, yeah, we'll we'll. Uh, We'll okay that, and you guys can do that, but you got to put it on net, on ABC. I'm I'm surprised they're not. I don't doing think. That. I don't think they can. I think as part of Fox's deal, because they own the rights, they can say where it goes. Well, okay, then why doesn't uh, Marvel just say nope? Sorry, can't do it. We don't agree. Because it's a revenue. They'll get a little yeah, piece it's a of revenue the pie stream. And very and little risk. They don't. Yeah, they. There's no risk. It doesn't taint the MCU. It's. Uh, and again, you, you can't, cr- they don't want to crowd it. Like, obviously, they're putting stuff on Hulu and Freeform. So, you know, I think they. What's on Hulu? Sh- that's going to be Runaways. Runaways is coming. Oh, out. I guess I never heard where Runaways was going to end up. Yeah. yeah. And now ABC owns a stake in Hulu, or Disney owns a stake in Hulu. So, right. You know, they, it's, it's not completely disconnected. Just like the Freeform show with Cloak and Dagger. I mean, that's. That's an ABC property. I mean, it used to be ABC Family, and they they renamed it, but but they still own it. I think, yeah. I, for some reason, I'm, I just think these Marvel shows work better, you know, as a 
10 or 13 episode season instead of trying to exactly trying to fill I agree in, I, I, you know a, I think shield, shield would be better Matthew and I have talked about that well, a lot that's any TV yeah. show anymore hey I, I don't think I don't know that there's any show that I watch now I mean because it's the same I, I watch all this you know CW I watch all the DC stuff and I I think it's the same problem I just think 20 something episodes is just it works for that sort of old school way of doing TV but when you're trying to serialize it and tell these really character driven interesting stories it just it's just too much. It's you're gonna have too much fluff, too much fill time, and I think it's just too too long. I think that for a good TV show, I think that's an accurate statement for every show except the Flash. For some reason, the Flash seems to, for me anyway, to to knock it out of the park. Ninety five percent of the episodes. We'll but, see um, how we feel after yeah. the musical crossover with Supergirl if that still holds. You mean that wasn't a joke? <laughs> that's not a joke. That is not oh, a joke. Man. That's really happening. I guess I'm going to have to watch Supergirl wow. now that it's coming to the CW. It is on Netflix now. It's on Netflix. Did yeah. it come out? Yeah, I knew it was on its way, but I wasn't sure yep, if it was it's out. It's on there now. All right. Yep. One more thing on my list. Yeah. Um, I just think for the most part, yeah, I think, you know, these 10 to, you know, 13 or so episodes, it just, it, I think it makes, I think it makes everybody work for it a little harder in terms of just making a compelling you know, I don't want to accuse anybody of being lazy, but I'm just, you know, I think, I, I think you get a much better, a much better show out of it when you when you have yeah. to keep it lean. You know, it's not like Star Trek, you know, the Star Trek shows, right? Where there's not really a connecting narrative across the seasons, right? It's just it's individual episodes that right. tell a story. Sometimes there's two parters. Sometimes there's threads that that'll go. I mean, yes, you know, where you are at the beginning of a season is not where you are at the end. Um, you know, or like Law and Order, or you know, procedurals and things like that. There's not really this connective tissue, but right. more and more of these series now are these connective tissue, tell a narrative, you know, kind of thing. And and yeah, when you try and shoehorn it into 22, 24 episodes, it's just it's it's just too. It's I mean, you're talking like it's like a you know when you take out the commercials and everything, it's like what 18, 19 hour movie. I mean, it's yeah. It, it's just I think much. it's just they haven't um, – I think we're seeing just a weird shift where TV's yeah. starting to go that route, but it hasn't totally caught right. up. So yeah. some of these shows end up getting stuck in the old-style format. It's, it's really more the networks are getting stuck in that In that this is the way we've always done it. And uh, yeah. But you go to all your yeah. cable cable shows or even you know what's being imported in. You know, you have Doctor Who, Preacher was a good example, Game of Thrones, all those. They're these shorter yeah. seasons, tight, you know – much more uh, even even agent carter i mean you know they yeah i think yeah, i yeah. think that that was a great example i mean imagine if imagine a scenario where you know in the fall we had you know 10 to 12 episodes of shield and then in the winter we had 10 to 12 episodes of agent carter and then in the spring we had 10 to 12 episodes of another sh you know what i mean like you could kind of do it yeah. like that i mean the the other thing and i this is you know, for me, just seeing, you know, how other actors get involved in things. If you only have to go to an actor or an actress and say, hey, this is a 12 episode commitment per year or 13 per year and not 24 or 22, I think sometimes you can get actors that are and actresses that are, you know, typically movie actors yeah, and actresses I, that'll be like, I, you know, hey, it's 12. You know, I still have time to do other yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's like, why the I'm Netflix not, stuff has worked that way. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm not locked into you know into this show where you know 
eight months out of the year or nine months out of the year, I am filming and working on this show. Yeah. And I mean, the, the flip side is TV ends up losing characters all the time because they want to start making yeah. movies. And they, I mean, a lot, it's happened in the CW shows a lot. They've lost a lot of people because they want to start doing movies and you just, it's hard to do, it's hard to do both. It's hard to fit the time in for both. So yeah. then you, you're not constantly hemorrhaging characters from a TV show every time, you know, the performer wants to move on to, you know, I don't want to say better things, but you know, you know, movies, just try something different, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, yeah. So, uh, the next Facebook comment, Adam Fatas, he just wanted to congratulate us on a hundred episodes. So thank you for that. Um, appreciate that. Uh, the next question, Malcolm Taylor, he says, do you think Marvel will try and compete with the X-Men Legion show, but with the Inhumans after agents of shield ends probably this year or stay away and go for a different approach. I, I think we kind of already answered that. Um, I don't think that, honestly, ABC is worried about competing with the Legion show. I, no, not at all. I, I, I've, I've seen the trailer for that Legion show, and I'm the biggest X-Men fan on this podcast for sure, but, uh, but hugely just in general. Um, and I have zero interest in that Legion show. Um, so, yeah, I don't. And I think if if they go another direction with another show, I don't think it's going to involve Inhumans. I think they're going to just go completely out in, in a different direction if they decide to go with another oh, show. Oh, 100%. They're going to want to – not like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is tainted, but I, you know, I think they're just going to want to try something completely different. I mean, we saw that with the most wanted thing not not getting picked up. I think that's the biggest indicator that – Whatever ABC does with Marvel, it's gonna it's gonna be something completely different, not connected to Shield or Spies or, or even Inhuman, you know, anything we've seen so far. So, you guys have anything to add on that? No, I'm good. Nope. Uh, the next question from Erever Eugenio Jr. He says your he asks what our favorite underrated or underappreciated moments from. Uh, the TV shows, the Netflix, and the movies. Like, what what do we feel like? There's something that's either underrated or underappreciated. You know, what's what's something that doesn't get get enough props for being good? I'll, I'll throw this one out there, and I, I think it got a little bit of buzz when it happened. But I think amongst the geeks, it did. But I think the direction, uh, specifically on the Daredevil show, um, but even Jessica Jones, I think the the slate of directors they had come in to do those episodes. I don't think that that show gets enough credit for being as quality, but either show they get credit for being as quality as they are. I, th- I think, I think while they do well for Netflix and they're kind of recognized that way, I just I think they're you know critically or you know I mean obviously we haven't seen them nominated for a lot of awards and stuff like that. I just think they're kind of underappreciated on the production. Yeah, side. I will say those shows are, are better than much of what we see on regular network TV. Uh, just yeah. so well done, so well thought through. I thought, um, yeah, I, um, I, I guess for me, I, I, I think there's a lot of stuff on, I, I think shield, um, gets underappreciated a lot. Um, I think they've come a really long way. I think that as someone who's been watching that show and all the CW shows and all that together, there was a time when arrow, you know, before daredevil came out was just the, the king in terms of, of fight choreography and stuff and and shield was was terrible at it i mean it was just the fights were always so boring 
and they've really yeah. i mean they've upped it i think i think the the fight choreography and everything in shield is is incredible um i think it's got some of the strongest uh best written female characters i've i've seen i mean obviously jessica jones too but I, you know i think obviously that got the credit it deserved um i just think there's a lot of really great characters um people of color all sorts of things just a lot of these discussions that always happen with marvel i think shield's been doing it a lot and it's never really gotten the credit and i think they've gotten better and better at at all those things each year and so um that's what i really enjoy about the show the show is just um you know some amazing fights and almost all of them are carried out by female characters and they're never played as you know the vixen or the or anything i mean a lot of the traps that a lot of other action you know female action characters fall into i mean um so that that's been really enjoyable to me and i and i feel like they don't the show doesn't get enough credit for uh for some of those some of those moments and the things they've done yeah i definitely would agree with that i think a lot of the <clears throat> criticism that shield got early on was was in part justified i mean the writers were still getting to know the actors trying to write for their characters and they that definitely has improved over the over the years but even that first season when they first started seeing how it's all connected and you look back at that that big reveal after the winter soldier and you could definitely see them building up to that throughout the whole season I mean, whether or not that was just my mind filling in the the gaps knowing what was coming or not i don't know but I, when i rewatched that first season uh, it, it was definitely heading in that direction from the very beginning it wasn't yeah. something they did later on uh, but to people who who still don't watch shield today because of that first season or even the ones who are watching and they're still frustrated. I, I don't see what, what others are seeing. So I think you're right. The show by itself is underappreciated. No, it's not Arrow, but even Arrow wasn't that great last season. It was it was good, but it was was just okay. You know, but to compare to other shows, to compare, compare any show to other shows, I don't think it's necessarily fair. Look at the show for itself and, and Agents of Shield definitely stands up on its own, I think. Yeah. I'm excited every week to tune in, you know, to tune into it and see what they're going to do. And I think they've, in terms of like serialized, you know, cause the CW shows still do a lot of these sort of case, case of the week, monster of the week, whatever sort of things, um, which is, which is great. Um, but you know, shields really grown into a, a great serialized sort of narrative show where they're really, you know, tackling these, uh, these big overarching, uh, overarching plots. And I think they do a really good job of that. And that's, that's why we I'm going to go out on a limb. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think, especially season three, but even season two, uh, I think Chloe Bennett is way too vilified and way underappreciated or underrated. I think she's grown so obviously much since the first season. Yeah, I, yeah, I think from a writing perspective, from her performance, I think she's come a long way, um, and her character in season three compared to season one, I think is night and day. And yeah, I think there's a lot of people that just were put off that the show centered around her and weren't happy with her character. And I think if they stuck around, they would see the yeah. growth and an so. Asian American superhero. Let's not yeah, forget, yeah. you know, I mean, that's a pretty rare at the non-existent thing, you know, in, in, in superhero uh, TVs and movies. So, I mean, yeah, I think, yeah, that's a great example of, I don't think she gets the credit she, she deserves. <clears throat> Anything stand out to you, Brad? Well, I was going to say, 
it's a product of his situation as far as him having to be on a TV show instead of in the movies. But Coulson's character, you know, to me is you don't hear much about him anymore unless you watch the show. I mean, obviously because he hasn't been in the last few Marvel movies, but he, he Coulson as a character continues to delight me each and every moment he's on the screen the same way he did in the movies. Uh, you know, when he was given, uh, just as good as, as Tony Stark would give to him, uh, he, you know, as the director on, on shield or, you know, even when he's not the director or whatever, just him as a character, I think has always been really strong for me. And the fact that he's kind of out of the, the spotlight now in the movie side of things, um, because he's dead. Yeah, I, I understand that, but uh, I look forward to him showing back up. Uh, so the movie going audience can see him. I'm going to assume that he'll show back up in the next Avengers movie. Maybe it's because I want him to. Yeah. But, uh, but I think, um, you know, it, it would be a nice thing to happen since he died in an Avengers movie to have him show up in the next Avengers movie. Um, yeah, I agree. That would be the ultimate tie back in. I think if they did bring if even if it was just Colson, but ideally some, if not all of the agents of shield cast into the infinity war movie, uh, that would just be the thing that I don't think validates is the right word, but definitely reaffirms that they are one universe. And yes, the TV show has been connected to the films all this time. You know, a blessing in disguise of if, if we think this is the last season of shield, potentially that might actually be the perfect reason for him to show up there because they won't have to juggle the, you know, the idea of of um, of matching S.H.I.E.L.D. up with the movies or whatever. So if if S.H.I.E.L.D.'s been off the air for yeah. a year by the time we see Infinity War, then all the more reason why you could easily fold at least Coulson right back into there, let, you know, let alone, you know, like May and and Daisy and, uh, you know, Mockingbird and some other, you know, sort of big, big characters like that. But do do now I haven't been paying attention to all the news, but do we have reason to think this is the last season? Have they been saying that? Well, I think we just always think no. it's going to be the last well, season. Well, they don't really. It's not yeah. like other shows where they say they've got a three-year deal. I mean, it's been year to year since day one. No. Yeah, it's it, yeah. It could keep I, going, but I mean, I just I don't see it. It it depends. I I think we we talked about this before on on other episodes, but I mean, it does. Even though the ratings have been on the decline, it still does better than rating. It it still does better ratings than shows that are into their fifth and sixth seasons. You know, it it you know ratings wise, I think it does better than Once Upon a Time. And Once Upon a Time is coming back for what six yeah, season six. six now? I think this year. Yeah. Um, I just for me, I just I just think there's been a change of the guard at uh at abc on the tv side they passed on most wanted because it was they just felt there were other stronger pilots they didn't bring back agent carter i just feel like if if this show does if it slips in the ratings or does the same in the ratings then they'll prove okay you know you could argue that some of it may be because it was up against NCIS and then it was up against NCIS New Orleans you know when it moved to the nine o'clock spot now it's moving to the ten o'clock spot it really doesn't have a lot of competition 
So if it's if it can't boost and it continues to slide, I think at that point the ABC TV folks are going to be like, look, let's do something that has the potential to be better than to keep putting the show yeah. on. Now, now what I'm concerned is will the 10 o'clock slot, the later slot, lose some of the viewers they already have? Yeah, who? Anything's possible, I think. Yeah, maybe, but I just I think so many people watch it other ways now that. Then that's your side of that. I mean, I don't know how much. I mean, I know, um, Russ, you're pretty good at checking the ratings and the and the plus three, plus fives, and all that. But because I don't, I rarely watch it night of. I usually watch it the next day, especially with Hulu uh, being available for me to watch it. You know, without commercials. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I I re- I watch it live when I can, uh, but it's funny enough. There's actually another podcast that I record with with Daryl Taylor and those guys, and we record Tuesdays because that's what works for everybody else. Um, so I rarely record, I rarely watch it live, um, and I, I usually watch it live just so I can live tweet it and just kind of for the show. If it wasn't for the for the podcast, I would probably almost never watch it right. live and would watch it, you know, probably the next that day. First or day year, after, weren't we recording uh, right after DVR day? it? No, next day. next day. Next day. No, that was lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, I just I, I yeah, well there's been nothing official. I think I think all of us kind of feel like okay, if it's if if it's not going to do well then uh then obviously it's not if it's, it's not clicking and why take up space with a show that's not clicking if they can do something that has an opportunity to to be different. So Yeah, I think they're just waiting for another show to get set up. I, I think it's like a place a placeholder yeah. for a Marvel show on ABC yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, and the last question we have is from Carlos Fuentes, who asks, "Will there be another Captain America starring Chris Evans?" I think there will be. Yeah, I think there will be. Yeah, I don't see why not at this point, but you know that might be the one that passes the torch. That might be the one that resolves. Uh... Bucky's storyline as it as it was left in Civil War, maybe. Um, okay, are we are we we're, are we going to see Bucky in Infinity War? Is he on the list? Okay, so yeah, we, he is. He is on the list. Maybe that's what Black Panther will be. We'll get him his arm set up. I don't know, but uh, we'll we'll yeah we'll we'll probably see one. That might be the transition one. Who knows how they're going to do that? I I just think a those movies have dr- dramatically increased in box office. Yeah. Like. You know, Winter Soldier was twice what First Avenger was. Uh, Civil War was like one point what four, one point two billion or something like that. So it was you know three, four hundred million more than than Winter Soldier. Now, granted, there's a lot of other reasons for that, right? Uh, you know, as as well. But I think given what Chris Evans has said about the character in 2016, as compared to what he said in you know, 2010, <laughs> uh, 2011. Uh, I, th- I think, I think he would want to come yeah, back. I think he uh, wants to come and, back and, and I they're going to want him to come back. I wonder, and, I wonder if he might play and, the, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, card and, you know, he did Iron Man one, two and three, and now he's basically a supporting character in the other movies. You know, could, could that be happening? I, yeah. I, I see that coming as well, but I think Evans could really, I think he could do one more. Yeah. And being that he's not technically in contract, I think that could be his like F you money. Like, you know, you want me to do Captain America four? Fine. You're gonna pay me twenty five million plus, you know, one percent of gross or whatever it is. And 
if you know if i never work again yeah. <laughs> i'll you know, be he, set he, he could do that and they probably would pay him that but i don't get from anybody involved in these movies that i mean yes they're getting paid very well i'm sure but they all seem to be invested in the project itself they know they're getting all these characters they they do it because it's yeah. it's a good project not just for a paycheck yeah and i i think i've said this before but evans wants to direct that's what he wants to do and i could easily see disney if disney really wants to 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 rope him in kind of similar to what warner brothers did with affleck with this whole batman thing if they really want to tie up evans and if nothing else treat him like a robert downey jr where it's like hey just show up at, you know in bit parts in these other movies at, you know as captain america you know you don't even have to wear the uni- whatever you're in charge of you know whatever the avengers are or whatever shield is or whatever you know this organization is um and we'll give you a first look deal on three pictures or something yeah. like that. And he'll, you know, he, he could transition to directing. But that's a way that Disney could could solidify kind of both relationships, you know, both the both aspects of what he wants to do as as far as being a uh, actor and director. So uh, I I think it's almost a certainty that that they would do another one. Yeah, there's still more story. You know, I love Civil War, of course, but. You know the cap the the cat movies have been some of my favorites. Winter Soldier is my favorite, um, one of the movies. So you know we got some cap in Civil War, but I would like to see a uh, another at least one more Captain America story that was able to really just focus on like him and some of his his characters. Um, yep. Yeah. The way Winter yeah. Soldier did. So I, I I think there's still at least a little bit of. Uh, room to explore explore that especially with bucky and um falcon um and you know obviously any number of the other sort of like shield agent type characters like widow and hawkeye yeah i mean agent 13 yeah Yeah, exactly they still never they still you know criminally underused her um yeah so there's a lot i think there's i think there's definitely some story that i'm very interested in in being told and and seen so yeah the time we call winter soldier avengers uh one and a half um, Civil War was a better Avengers movie than either of the Avengers movies, um, but yeah, I would love to see a another Captain America movie, just Captain America and his his team, which you could say the Shield guys and Winter Soldier kind of fit in that in that realm, um, but like, uh, what's it, Captain Britain? Is that am I thinking of the right character when he was over in the UK? Oh. No, uh, no Union, Union Jack. Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, explore some of that stuff. Get a little. You know, do international stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I think they could do a great international sort of thriller. Yeah. You know, born type of vibe. You know, globe trotting with Captain America. Yeah, that there's so much potential there. Yep. I'd even see them do like a bookend, right? Like where he's doing something in the present. And it relates to something he did during World War Two that yeah. we didn't see. They do that in the comics, and all the bulk the time of them with him. Yeah, the bulk of the movie is the World War Two piece, and then we come back to the present. That to would be really cool. Up, but, That'd be a great way to do um, it. You think we could ever get Hugo Weaving yeah. to come back? Uh, yeah, I think. And so. if not, we've talked I think about how. I mean, to be honest, you know, you could slap that face on anybody. No one's really gonna, as long as the performer's good. You know, you're not. It's not going to be a huge difference, you know. You could, I guess, but yeah. I mean, it's, up, it's been done before. Time mean, will pass. Look at Ed Norton and Terrence Howard, and you you, you know they can do that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and that's even more glaring. Yeah, but I think 
like anything else, I think time time heals all wounds and people's perspectives on things change and uh you know that we'll, that would we'll be see. a great bookend. Hey, Holland yeah. Oates are touring yeah. again, so if it happens to them, it can happen to anybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> True. That's the perfect ending. Perfect ending indeed. <laughs> well, anybody else have anything to say, Brad? Anything you else you want to add to to our discussion? No, I just like listening to you guys. <laughs> and I look forward to being able to come back on uh, more frequently. That would be fantastic. But yeah, you know, as always, you guys, I mean, you know, this is this is your show as much as it is my show or Matthew's show. So I'll, I will always keep you informed on the threads. And if you can make it, you can make it. And if you can't, you can't. Uh, and we'll 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 be here to, to put the show out. So. Groovy. Thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, that's that's really all I had. I guess stay tuned. Uh, like I said, I've got a contest brewing. I haven't figured it out yet, but I'll I'll figure something out. And uh, uh, by the time this releases, we'll be a week away from season four of Agents of Shield premiere, and uh, a week and change away from the Luke Cage premiere. Um, and like I said, be on the lookout for at least the first part of our uh, phase two connections episode. So that, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, and so hopefully, hopefully we'll have a good crew on for that one. Uh, and uh, so that'll be episode 101. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, follow us on Twitter at MCU underscore podcast. Head on over to the Facebook page where you could participate like the awesome folks that did this evening. Uh, Facebook.com slash MCU podcast. Um, check out Matthew's stuff over at mcuexchange.com. And, uh, of course, Brad, Half Hour Wasted is back on the regular. Yes. In fact, I just published an episode uh, today as we're recording this. Woo-hoo. Which is great. I've been I've been enjoying uh, catching up and listening to you Thank guys. You. It's good to be back. It's been a while. I need to make a trip yeah, to Dallas. I, I need to get back up there and, and please uh, do hang with you guys. Yeah, yeah. I just have to figure out uh, when the timing is right. Uh, but yeah, that'll be fun. Um, all right. So thanks everybody for listening. Uh, you, this has been it's all connected. The fantastic episode one hundred, uh, and we will be back uh, to talk about some connections.